0: listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn.
1: Good morning, Jackie. You know, I have a question, Katie. Let's hear it. When they say recording in progress, does that mean it was recording before you hit record? Or does that mean
0: you'll never know? (laughs) (laughs) I have recordings of you that, yeah, if they go public... (laughs) Just kidding. Wednesday, hey, we'll do Dan a whole
1: episode of Outtakes. And I'm Jackie Clayton. Welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. In my kitchen. Um,
0: in my kitchen. No, I'm in my office. Um, Jackie, I did get a request from someone. We need to post some pictures of the puppies. Um, I know your <gasps> yes. puppies at the groomers right now. So we will post some pictures of Penelope and um, Scooby. Scooby-Doo, Scooby Doo, <laughs> Scooby. Hey Scoob! Um, hey Scoob! Um, so I have shortened her name to Pen. That seems to be the Penny, you know, Penelope, Penelope Penny, Pen, Pen. Yeah, Pretty she's going to come Juliana. running in here any minute now because I'm saying her name. Um, yep. And I started giving her these bully sticks that I that I don't I've never don't know if you've heard of them, but they are like no. they're cow intestine, I believe, or some something, <laughs> something from an animal but it's all natural. And so it's okay for them to have them. Cause I've always been one of those people. I don't like the, like the raw hides and stuff like that. Cause yeah, you know that chips in their tummy and can hurt them. Yeah. This is not that it turns into like a nasty thing that they love and adore. And she's hiding hers right now. I believe somewhere, which is always great. Um, well,
1: Additional side note, we have determined that Scooby is part Chihuahua, part Pitbull. Oh, Um, the most fun of all facts is that when we came home from New York last weekend, she flew. We didn't know she could fly. You know, we have those um, play areas that is, Mm -hmm. you know, gated off. And she jumped out the top of it, past the chair, and then jumped from the ground To give me a kiss. Now, when you see the pictures, this will all become so much more clear (laughs) on why this is a disaster. (laughs) Isn't that dog like two inches tall? Like (laughs) literally a Polly Pocket. (laughs) (laughs) I think we can't. We hope that she just is so small she caught air and just flew, but we. So she's also part bat. Part bat, yes. Okay. I will let you know after we get the DNA test of what she all is exactly. The real, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, and I, I and luckily, if she is a bat, she did get rabies shots, so we're all set there <laughs> so too. We're good. So it's all so coming good. together. It's all that's coming right. together. Um, little Miss Penelope has not had her rabies shot yet because she's still too little. Yes, that's on her next round. She gets that, I guess. So. Um,
1: so that's the dog, update the dog update for all of, update. of all the
0: listeners that care about the dogs. Um, yes. I'm sure you all do because they're adorable. Um, all right. So today we're going to talk about something that I think is near and dear and important to all of us, and that is getting paid. Um And so I don't, do you want to start the story off or do you, how do you want to, how do you want to
1: do this, Jack? Well, I think we should talk four score and 50 years ago sometime. Um, There's always been a lot of articles coming out about, should you get paid? Should you do free events? How much should you get paid? And I was speaking to a friend who's very well known on the circuit, has been speaking and doing events for about a year. I want to say, who finally said I need to start charging for uh, my uh, work when I'm going and doing these things and they asked me how they should charge. And so um, when I gave them the rate of what they should charge, they were a little bit surprised, but I think it's important for people to realize what goes into these requests when you're asked to do various things and um, and kind of where we stand and who you should be paying and how you kind of determine those rates. And some of this is going to be more scientific <laughs> than not. And some of this is going to sound like funny math. But I think if you work with us. Now, Katie is a famous international diversity speaking star. So you have some, some opportunities that you've had that you can discuss about that too. I, I could joke around and
0: say, you know, I've been on the road with Pitbull and Snoop Dogg when they've been <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I worked at my prior employer, I did go, yeah, I did get to see it. So I am Mrs. Worldwide, similar to Pitbull being Mr. Worldwide, That's something right. like that. Now, similarly, really. it's almost the same thing. Almost the same. <laughs> so here's the thing. I think, um, the biggest piece for me and you and I talked about this before we started recording is the key word here is expertise. That's right. And I think that there is a myth or a, I don't even know what the right word is, that um, people should be paid to come and speak. And I don't disagree with that if they are being paid for their expertise. Having someone come on a panel, come on a whatever it might be, great. Um, But when you're asking them to share their expertise or share something that they know that other folks don't know, That's, I think the, the tipping point for me, because I think we have seen a rise in folks that maybe aren't experts, but just are loud Yeah, and they're, they are getting paid and Hey, God bless that that's what they can do. And they could pull that off. But, you know, if you want expertise, that's, I think the, the point of that's the point, that's the tipping point for me of when you should get paid. And, and I think every person can have expertise in some area. So it's not like a, you have to have X amount of years so or you have to have X amount of whatever. It's more a matter of what are you an expert in that you should be speaking on?
1: And what are things that you should not be speaking on? Now, I, you I, will what, tell I think you that's you the, many years ago, many years ago when I got started, I used to teach a class on how to be an expert in three months. And this was right at the beginning of the Internet. Right. And so what would happen? What, I, what happened? I used to teach a leadership class. And so I used to speak about speaking and I used to do extemporaneous speaking. And that was like my whole gig. So that was really cool because you got paid and they gave you a topic and you didn't have to prepare because it was extemporaneous speaking. And then you had to talk about how you created those speak speaking um, points. But what was interesting is there was a gentleman who used to take every speaking gig that he got and he had a flat rate and someone asked him to talk about corporate social responsibility in Grenada. Right. He said, sure, (laughs) and didn't know anything about what corporate social responsibility was, lived in Miami, knew nothing about Grenada, um, wasn't sure why he was being asked to do it. And so he called me and said, hey, I've got to do this gig about corporate social responsibility. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, I don't know anything about it either. we literally like went to the library because this is the, the very beginning. This is during Ask Jeeves and Alta Vista on the Internet, if you're old enough <laughs> to remember that. Um, and we started writing about it. So the thing was, he was an attorney and he noticed that a lot of people that were getting speaking engagements there were all published. And so the thought was, oh, I just need to get published. So he started writing articles about corporate social responsibility because he was doing his research on how to find out about it started postings, got published. By the time he went to Grenada, he was on the news because he's the leading expert of corporate social responsibility in Grenada. And part of that is why, how they got published. Now, I say that to say today, people say, who should I ask for a speaking event? And they'll type in the topic and names pop up. Mm-hmm. Now, the algorithm works a little bit differently than it did then. Like literally then... It only pulled up people that had corporate social responsibility in Grenada. Now there's a lot of inferences and guesses that the algorithm makes, and so since they say see a name attached to a topic over and over and over again, it's this assumption that that's the article that you want, even if it's somebody's just tweeting out and they've never written an article or spoken about it ever in their life. It's not on their LinkedIn profile. Um, they haven't been written any books, and these people are getting selected to be the experts in getting a platform for something that they don't know anything about. And so I think that's where it gets a little bit confusing on how people are getting speakers and how they're making their choices for speakers at events. Have you seen that? Yeah, I and I think I'm going to I'm going to take it one
0: step further because you know we are HR folks and One of the phenomenons that I think both of us have noticed over the years is that we go to these conferences and every speaker is a male in HR. And if you look at the actual, a white male, yes, a white male in HR. And if you look at the actual demographics of HR, that's a mystery to all of us, how every male is a speaker and no females are, even when the population of HR, I don't know what it is anymore, but I know at one point it was like 90% female or something ridiculous like that which is not okay either. But the point of the story is like, how are all of these white males getting selected as speakers? And it was because they were the loudest um, right. for whatever reason. And so I think the the piece that I, so starting with the expertise, I think you're spot on is the, you know, now we do have the internet where you can Google names. You can Google people who are in your network. You can look at LinkedIn, see who's, whose names pops up when whose names pop up when you do a search things along those lines but there's also the you know word of mouth and i think we all have our connections that we can say who is the speaker on diversity and talent acquisition oh well jackie's the one that you should reach out to Um, and i i think that is it's getting better but i think there still are the um the folks that maybe aren't expertise or haven't done the job or haven't actually done the work to say, how do I become an expert in this? Like the example you gave about the gentleman, you know, going to speak on uh, corporate social responsibility in Grenada, like he did his work. He did the that's work right. to figure out how to actually become an expert. And and I'm not saying you need to have a hundred years of experience doing the work. It's more just a.
1: Have you done you your research?
0: To some, that, yeah. If you can speak to something and actually like do the research on it, of what actually works and what doesn't work, that's just a great place to start. Um, but Once you should also have... ask
1: references. I mean, I don't yes. think it's difficult to ask when you say, "Can you speak?" And they say, "Yes." Okay, can you give me some references? Do you have um, videos that you can show mm-hmm. me? To do you have, uh, you know, what is your your, you know, who can vouch for you? Who do you have that can vouch for you in this area?
0: Yes, because I think I'm so glad you just said that because I think that's the other piece is how many people have we seen and and this is so cringy when it happens but when you see folks go up on stage and you're like oh they're not prepared or oh well they aren't an expert at this and so it, it it's uncomfortable for everyone the you're not getting any value from it and everyone is just uncomfortable and and here's the thing when I first started doing public speaking I can only imagine what the response was from the folks that were in the audience. And to those people, let me just apologize. Now. Um, I love all of you. You'll get a refund at some point. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but but even like, I didn't start speaking about HR until I was probably 15 years No, probably 10 years into my career. Right. And, and that's because at that point, I felt like I have something to say, I have an expertise in some of these topics. And Um, That's actually how I met our friend Robin Schooling is through one of my first speaking engagements. Um, and, And I think that's the piece that is sometimes missing is the having the experience, having that expertise to be able to have something to say that people need to hear. So that's one piece. And that's the one piece of like, should you get paid for it or not? There are other times though that you're trying to build that exposure and build that presence where it's more of and this is where kind of the panel piece comes into play in my mind Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. you might be able to answer some questions on a topic. And for that, for panels, I normally don't charge unless it's something that like, I, again, I, I need to be the expert at X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, when I am hiring for a panel, I absolutely want people to be that are on that panel to be paid. And I'm not saying millions of dollars, but at least to right. have some sort of stipend to say thank you for
1: coming and taking that time. Yes. Now. You're very, very good about that. You're very always been, you've always been thoughtful um and uh an ally in that space. Like Katie will just be like, oh, you're getting paid for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like I don't like I I've negotiated into- on your behalf.
0: <laughs> well, I know for reals. Like, I have literally written that into SOWs with clients yes. when I know I'm going to have to bring people in to speak or to do different activities because it's important. If you're that's asking right. folks, and here's where it goes to kind of that next level. Even when you're on a panel, it's not, you don't show up that day and speak on the panel Absolutely and it's not. the end. You have preparation that you do, whether that's prep calls, questions that they send you to reflect on, whatever it might be. So there's preparation time. And that might be an hour to, you know, four or five hours that you're preparing for that panel. Mm-hmm. A, and for me, it's more of a, I don't want to look like a jackass. So I'm definitely going to prepare for whatever that topic is. So I come across as knowledgeable and I know, you know, I'm not up there floundering with the, the peer set that I'm with on that panel.
1: That's I'll, I'll that. tell you when I started charging, it was a turning point. I will tell you at the at the beginning and sometimes still I didn't charge because of like locally in Waco and if it's something that I've already done before it's something that I can just refresh um a lot of times it's going to be a benefit and or if I want to practice new material with a local organization I'll I'll do that locally for free and I'm offering it up would you like for me to do this cuz I'm practicing new material and seeing especially since my environment is really conservative where I live. So it makes it better for me. Um, That's a lesson learned, but I did it for free at the beginning because I had to have that video and I had to get those references in order to be able to charge the dollars. But I started charging the dollars when I had to, um, at the beginning they gave me free conference access and um, um, T and E. And In order to do that, I had to drive two hours on my own in order to get to the airport that um, at this point I didn't think about charging. And when I got there, uh, everything was running late. So then my session was running late. I almost got killed trying to go back to the airport and almost missed my daughter's birthday. And like, I'm like, you know, they were, I wasn't gonna have enough money to pay for therapy to explain why mom (laughs) missed her (laughs) her birthday. (laughs) And i was gonna need that money and i was like wait a minute the fact that i almost died like i had a panic attack and that i'm gonna have to like double up on my prescriptions for high blood pressure was not factored into the speaking engagement and i don't think people realize how much they sacrifice and now it's because we have an obligation to our clients and the and the organizations that we serve you know now that we're going to be able to give them full attention and that we're giving them that service. And we can't just give it I mean what, what why would we be in business if we gave these things away for free? And how how can you guarantee? And I also think you have to realize that when you de- if you're not paying, you really do get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. When I know that I'm getting paid and it's negotiated, then I know that there's a certain expectation that they have at the end of, of my session. Um, and it's kind of like when I talk, when people say, can I pick your brain? I'm like, you don't want to pick my brain. It's really ugly in there. You really don't. You know, like if it's just it's me ugly, it's you, messy. It's messy. <laughs> That's right. Messy. Um, but if I know that we're trying to get to a point or we have a goal, then what I share with you is different in making sure that mm-hmm. I can meet. Otherwise, I'm just giving you my opinion. Right. Then I think so that I- happens too.
0: I want to break down what you just said, because I think there's a couple of things in there that people need to take into consideration. For me, payment can be a like you said, a conference, um, a participant badge, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, know, the ability to go to the other sessions, because I think even that can be huge um, for the networking, for the time that you get to spend with other folks in the industry, all of those things. And so that to me, you know, especially if you have a conference that is a well known conference or a conference where you know folks that you want to network with will be in attendance. Um, And I think, you know, there's a lot of different ones that we could call out right now that, you know, Mm -hmm. I have had the pleasure of speaking at or that you've had the pleasure of speaking at that it's like, this was really cool that we're able to, not just from the I wanted to speak here to get that visibility, but also. Um, I got to network. I got a free ticket. I got, you know, travel was paid for blah, 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 which I think is important as well. And what I normally do is when you're talking about that, it's also not just the, what you can give the organizer in the time that you'll be on stage and the time that you're preparing to be on stage to your point. Like, it's not just my opinion. I'm giving you data. I'm giving you facts. I'm giving I've you done the
1: research, the latest on the greatest things exactly. that are going on current.
0: But then that's also the, where the kind of that influencer badge or, you know, whatever we want to call it comes into play too, that if I'm also at that in, the, in attendance at that conference or whatever it might be, I'm also going to tweet. I'm also going to use my social media platforms that's to right. engage with folks that might be at the conference as well, or to broadcast what a great conference it is. And I think for conference organizers, a lot of them have gotten really smart about that and said, you know, Hey, we want you to write a blog post or we want you to, you know, tweet for the 15 days leading up to and during the event or whatever it might be. And and there's some good stuff that a couple different organizations have done that I think is really smart. Cause I, I think, think that's we've part gotten of it
1: too. too. It is part of it. And I think we as speakers and influencers, air quotes, I roll insert, I roll here. Um, have gotten really smart where it's like, Hey network, I need y'all to set tweet this out. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and I think we are connected and have networked because of the opportunities we got where we know we can boost a single event Mm -hmm. um that's helpful for for our for our session but it's helpful for everyone because you're also as a speaker getting that feedback you're getting real feedback back to you that you can utilize in future endeavors and i think it's fair now for those of you that are not getting paid i feel like it's okay to recycle content if you're Mm -hmm. not getting paid I'm recycling content. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in
0: us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called I'll also be sharing Business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Yes, so I think that's, so that kind of leads to the next topic, which is actually what you're presenting on. And, you know, and what I tell folks is when you're thinking about your fee, think about the time it actually will take you to prepare the talk or the discussion or whatever it might be. And, you know, we talked about panels that you have to prepare answers to questions, things like that. But if you're going up and doing a a speech or you're speaking and, you know, I always kind of joke around that it's actually the shorter sessions that are harder to prepare for than the ones that you have an hour plus, because those Mm -hmm. you can fit a lot into, but the 15 minute ones, those those, Those you have tough. to move quickly and you have to, yeah, it takes a lot to actually thin thin it down to that that real quick hit that's going to make an impact. So, but that being said, that needs to be part of when you think about the dollar amount of what you want to charge, taking the what what will it take me to prepare and determining what your hourly rate is. You know, and I've seen any, you know, any numbers between, you know, a couple hundred bucks an hour to a lot of bucks an hour in the you know thousands. And, and I think figure out what that, you know, what makes sense. And that will be dependent on the conference organizers, how much they're charging the things that you already kind of mentioned around, you know, what is their notoriety? How many people are going to be there? What are they charging? All those things. Cause I also will do stuff that's, you know, discounted for nonprofits and for groups that are more local versus, national or international. So I think there's some things there to take into consideration. But I also would say like, it's not just a, you walk on stage and you go now. Yes. Even if you're recycling stuff,
1: you have to prepare. There is
0: a bit of customization that you're doing, even if it's just like cleaning up your slides and making sure, okay, wait, is this the
1: message I said, I'm going to deliver on well, but it's that's why now let me go to say there are people that we know There are people that you and I, Katie, have been at conference that we've seen the same presentation for four years in a row. Four years. There is a a very worldwide, famous, much-loved speaker. I could stand up and do her shit right now. From beginning to end. It will be carbon copied. And I know she's a bazillionaire. (laughs) I know. She's right. a bazillionaire, but she worked up the rank where people expect what that presentation is. And so that's now why I want to know who you're talking about because I was thinking I'll of, you later. okay. Cause I was thinking of a
0: gentleman.
1: Oh no, different, but yes, no, this is okay. mega, mega, mega. But there's some people, it's like a concert, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I went to see Prince, you know. I saw a Prince in concert like six times. I was always screaming 999! like I wanted to see it <laughs> right. You know, I so want there that are some again. people when they're like, tell that story about the or do that thing that you do with the mm-hmm. but it takes a long time to get there. Um, I think something else that you said that I want to kind of go back to, though, is when you're talking about preparing and what it takes to have a presentation. If you're considering going into the speaking circuit or you're, you're trying to make that pivot, understand it is I, it's the I always have the if not, but for rule of what goes into what I'm charging for. Like I would be at the pool today, if not, but for this conference that I'm working on, like those things come into play or. But then there's some that are positive. It's not all negative. Like I wouldn't be at the Arizona whatever resort if not for this conference. Then I also get to see, you know, my best friend Katie. So Mm -hmm. I might do a conference that I wouldn't necessarily do if there's something else that I'm partnering with that organization. There's some, I've taken some um, opportunities to speak at places where I wouldn't necessarily consider except for the other people that are speaking, the Mm -hmm. topics, their headliner, and the time that it's going to take. But when I did my keynote, like I worked on that sucker for three months Mm -hmm. and practiced and cried (laughs) and scraped and researched. I mean, you have been there for some of that. (laughs) You might have been there for a lot of that. In fact, this is this is my new famous quote. I share it with everyone. I'm only accepting (laughs) kudos and attaboys. I am not at this point accepting any criticism, Katie. What do you think? It's great. Thank you. Everything's great. Good night. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to bed. <laughs> the next time you see me, I will be on stage. <laughs> well, and I think, and actually, this is a really
0: good point because I think there's also the we're in a virtual, remote world a little bit right now, and so I think some folks that have started to build up this notoriety on in virtual stages. It is a very different situation. I actually think it might be harder to do it remotely versus in person, but that's me because I don't really get stage fright per se. Um, Like I get that nerves right before I go on stage, more of like, don't trip as you're walking across the stage kind (laughs) of thing, but not the oh, I have to, you know, think of everyone being in their underwear or anything like, like Mm -hmm. that's just not who I am. Mm -hmm. But I will say that doing it virtually, it's hard because you're not getting any a lot of times you don't even see the folks on the call. So you have no like verbal cues or anything that you can read the audience to say, is this resonating? Is this landing? That kind of thing. But that is also just something to keep in mind. And that also uh, impacts pricing. If I have to go somewhere, either get on a plane, get in a car, whatever it might be, and actually be in attendance physically, is different from, I have to call into a zoom and present whatever the topic is. So that is another thing to take into consideration, but I agree with you. It's the, like the blood, sweat, and tears you put into it. You need to take that into consideration because there are, there have been many times when it has been like the weekend before an event or the weekend before I have to turn in slides, like uh, you're, you're scrambling and not because you're ill-prepared, but more from the, I want to make sure this is really good. And then that right. people can actually walk away from this and go, wow, I learned some stuff. And I now know better about whatever the topic is. And I think those are the folks that also resonate to your point. You know, if it is someone that we know that does the same talk, as long as it's impactful to yes. folks, and as long as it, it, like, I'll tell you one that I love quite a bit is Brene Brown. And, you know, and she has spoken at a couple of conferences that we have gone to. And, sometimes it does feel like some of the stories are recycled stories but i also would say every single time i get something out of her coming to speak because she has like there's something that always hits you personally i feel like but then there are other folks that i'm like we've heard this This now for four years in a row and it's not anything new or different
1: and so those the ones that you're like eh not so much Um, I think to tell, I think we should tell people stuff. If you are not a speaker and you haven't done this, there are some things that you may not recognize or understand as a audience participant that is different, especially when you're talking about the virtual world. So one of the things is that if I had to do a 40 minute speech, previously, I used to be able to do like 20 slides and you have timing in the back. You can engage conversation. You can engage with the audience. You can get people, you can share an extra story based on what they laughed at or who was there. You also get to network with the people that are there and talk to them about different stories or people who say, I'm really excited to see you talk. So you can kind of gear it towards that. And then once you're on stage, you have the presenter view, which most audience members don't know. Like you're literally seeing your slides. You're literally can see your notes you can see a timer you have a person in the back someone's adjusting your audio all of those things to make sure that it's a great value for you and that the speaker is energized flash forward at home when they say you have to speak 20 minutes you are on your own and you have to fill all of that content without interaction like for me i know 20 minutes is 1500 words written for me to physically speak right and the other part of which is you would think would be the easiest thing that is the most difficult or pre-recorded. Because if you're in front of an audience and you sneeze and you cough and you laugh, people are just like, whatever. If you do it and it's pre-recorded, people expect it to be perfect and spot on with not a lot of um and ahs and why are you doing that? You could have recorded it. Um it took a long time before I was like, oh, I can just like make a mini movie instead of me just being a talking head at my virtual presentations. Sometimes. If it's pre recorded, but it takes a lot, it is more difficult because it's a, the, the, the way that it works, there is the it's a very tight schedule. You have to be 20 minutes is for real there's some presentations they will just cut you off okay. and anytime you you know anytime that you're going over you're taking away from the next speaker. And for the whole feel of vibe of the whole thing. This isn't, oh, you're gonna stay for the last speaker because there's happy hour right afterwards. These are people that are usually still working or they're at their desk and they're taking the time. And as soon as you sound like you don't know what you're talking about or you're um and on, then they're shutting you off. And the 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 event is losing viewers and people. Like I I've been in ones where they someone asked me to go, somebody panicked. There was a there was a present presenter who got fired like the day before they were supposed to speak had a full panic attack and were dying and i got a call that was like you have to go on and it was like hours early had to go on because the person you know had that and then they were losing they lost like 100 people in the first five minutes of this person going on. So 100 people is not just for that session, they may not log back on the rest of the day, Mm -hmm. they're going on the energy. And so that's tough. I think I think virtual has been has taught me a lot about my presentation skills. But also, I, I, you know, because I used to always say I don't do webinars because I hate them. And now we've spent like two years of pretty much webinar action.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the, the ability to present in such a way that's engaging without actually engaging has become (laughs) such a different world. Um, but I also think there's so many tools that you can use with the, the different technology that, that, you know, there's chat, there's questions, there's, Breakout rooms. There's different things that you can do with some of these different technologies that are being used by by conference providers. And I I think that's also the piece to keep in mind is that the more you can get those questions and get the engagement from the audience. And so, one of the things I like to do is open it up with a poll or a question to get people clicking right away. And I know you and I have talked Mm -hmm. about that as well, like get people engaged right in the first minute, two minutes, whatever it might be, because then they're like, oh, oh, you're going to talk about that thing that you just asked a question about or whatever it might be. And and I'm going to get the answer to this question right up front. And so I think that's really helpful. Breakout rooms, anytime you can get them engaged. But I would also say, be thoughtful about about breakout rooms because you'll have folks that will log off if they have to go to a breakout room because they don't want to have the conversation. They don't Mm want to engage in that way because to your point, they're sitting at their desk, they're at work, whatever it might be. And just knowing that and kind of being aware of that. But so that being said, all of those things kind of about the preparation. And then I want to shift this slightly. So, you know, we're talking about speaking engagements and panels and things like that. But I think this also converts into just doing work, whether that's providing a training or a workshop, those kind of things. Because, again, I think this is where some consultants and some folks who are being asked to share their expertise or whatever. it means, it's like, how do you quantify that? How do you quantify that expertise? And the, the way that I look at it and this is actually some feedback and, you know, I got this feedback recently. Um, I do try to go off, like how long hours wise is it going to take me to prepare for the thing, Mm -hmm. whether it's, Hey, I have to do a training for, you know, 10 trainings on the same topic for a group of employees. Um, obviously all the preparation all the time. You're actually physically doing the workshop, whatever it might be. And probably an hour before and after that, just because you are going to be focused for an hour ahead and after. But then I think the other piece to take into consideration is the Mm follow-up and what, what might come out of questions that folks have or things that might come up that the or the HR team or whoever it is, that's asking you to do this work, what they might need from you after, because I also like to do like a one pager, just to say, here's what we covered. Here's some resources. If you want to learn more things along those lines. Um, cause I think that's really helpful for folks too, is what else, you know, Hey, I'm that topic really resonated with me. Where can I learn more? How can I learn more? Things like that. Um, and taking all of that time into consideration of what, what it takes you to get there and mm-hmm. how, how you actually prepare for that. And then there's other things. And like, and this is, I think one that we've all heard is like, what's a topic that you could speak about for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. without preparing in any way, shape or form? I'm sure at this point in your career, and I can say at this point in my career, there are probably 10 topics that I could go and speak on and not have any problem preparing for um, that I could go live today, right now, this minute. That being said, um, I want to also be thoughtful about am I truly giving like, am I serving the folks that are listening? So being thoughtful about that as well. Um, but I think when we talk about those workshops, all of those things, negotiating and, and think about that. And I actually was just told recently by a prospective client, Katie, you know what the, because they were looking at multiple bids, the bids that we've gotten from everyone else were about triple what you submitted to us. And so, and that was like a good, like wake up call for me of, wow, okay, I'm not doing what I need to do because I'm undervaluing my expertise Mm -hmm. and I'm undervaluing what I actually can provide to these teams and, and checking myself on that. It was such a good, I was really appreciative that my client was willing to share that because it was like, oh, okay. I need to do better at pricing. And I need to be thinking about this in terms of what 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 are other people charging, et cetera.
1: You so, know, something. I, so I want to bring that up when you're talking about charging because I, I think people think that you're just charging for your speaking, and there's things that you may not put into your contract. And you know, we always have the joke like, oh, they asked for green M and M's, or they asked for blah 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 blah. What's but, on your writer? You know, like I I get it now. There's something that I put in that is. On my writer is, I have to fly out of Waco. I have mm-hmm. to fly out of Waco because Waco Waco Airport. I don't I don't pay for parking. It's fifteen minutes away from my house. Um, going to Dallas, it takes me two hours. Parking is twenty five dollars a day on site, um, and so it ends up being better for all of us. Uh, and I don't want to park like at some rando place, you know because of safety concerns. I have done it in the past, but I realized I didn't want to do that. The other thing that I started doing, I, I, for some reason, maybe it's just my own personal anxiety. I seem to have a hard time of selecting where to stay. And because I'm always like, you know, people say, well, just tell us where you're staying. And you're like, should I stay at this one? Is this one too much money? Or should I stay at that place? Is this going to be able to accommodate me? And I realized there was something that was consistent that I needed me personally. I needed somebody else to do that for me. That should not because it takes me hours. That's my Mm -hmm. own neuroses. I'm not. So it's like, can you help me pick a a hotel room? And also requiring that the hotel that I stay at has um, food at it not because I'm trying to be a diva, but I'm trying to give my best to whoever I'm speaking for. And I need to be able to grab a cup of coffee. Like I don't wanna be in a position where I show up. I've done this tons of times, showed up hungry mm-hmm. and they only have coffee and that's bad. When I'm doing an eight o'clock, a four hour workshop starting at eight o'clock, they don't have food prepared and they do it for the guests. You don't want to sit there and eat in breaks and with the people that you're, sp- no. you're speaking to. And all I've had was coffee. That was a bad day. So I needed to be able to ha- be able to grab something to eat of sustenance. And also when I'm done, I need to get out of there. And I just want to go back and take a shower and eat something in the hotel room mm-hmm. and go to sleep. I promise you I'm not trying to you know, be deep it out, but it's helpful. So that I can focus and not worry about what am I going to eat? Where am I going to go? How am I going to handle it? I can just focus on the content. Um, I'm so glad you just said that because that is one of the things
0: that I do every time I'm going to a client site or anything is I ask whoever the admin is that is, you you usually have a point of contact at the office and they know their stuff to be able to say, where should I stay that's close to the site and to your point Mm -hmm. that has food? that has mm-hmm. some of these things because I've been in the same position and it's especially great when you're like in a foreign country and you can't leave the hotel. Cause you're not super comfortable with leaving right. the hotel as a, you know, single woman, you know, walking out at night. You're like, no, I need food in the hotel. So that's just another consideration. So I'm glad you pointed that one out. Cause that's another good one, but yes, asking the admin or whoever the office manager, whatever it might be is, that's a critical piece too. So yes, thank and- you for calling it out.
1: I know full and the other thing I asked them to provide is a dongle, not because I don't have one. It is what's a dongle, a dongle is a thing for a Mac, so I use a MacBook Pro, most of the um, projectors that you see, you cannot count on them. To have that's right that's a dongle it's a weird name, but you cannot count on everyone to have the equipment that that I need so I factor that into the contract. That they have a dongle that they have the room layout I tell them how many pens I tell them you know how close the seats need to be if there needs to be walking space because we're doing an activity because i've also been at a site where I got there and had to re organize the whole room because I needed it classroom style and they put everybody in a circle and it's not going to work for the activities that we're going to have mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's a workshop, which is different than a speaking engagement. Um, and I, I literally asked them to provide the dongle literally because I've forgotten it so many times. Well, and I think
0: it, what you're saying there, and it's something that I've done is actually just prepare like a checklist
1: mm-hmm. to it's send to them. It's my now. It's yeah. just really how and I need it. it. Yes. And I think
0: that's critical because I think like for me, I always like to have rounds people sitting in rounds because I do a lot of team activities at the table. And so I'd like the, the tables to be set up in rounds. And to your point, I can't tell you how many times I've had to be moving chairs an hour before an event that you're like, oh my God, so I should be focusing on my slides and on my whatever, whatever. And instead I'm moving chairs around and trying to find pants.
1: That's right. So and PS, I start classroom style because people always sit next to somebody else and then I make them put them into a circle just because they're not gonna be sitting next to the same people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. but these are things, that's the other part. So let me, this is why what you're paying for when you're talking about expertise, mm-hmm. because when you got, talk to someone and say, hey, can you speak at this event? And they say, sure. And then they show up and they say, do you have any bottled water? And they're like, no, there's a water fountain in the in the hallway. That's not going to help you. And the person can't speak. And you may not know that about yourself. Like I know I get pasty when I talk, I get nervous. Mm-hmm. And I get, I become a mouth breather. I'm probably, so like, this is like <laughs> way oversharing. Do I have to pay a copay today? Um, <laughs> y'all are getting to know all my secrets that I usually don't tell anyone. Um, But those are things that I know about myself because I've done this so many times. Mm -hmm. I also know Kleenex,
0: Kleenex, cough drops, water. Those are the three things that that I must have. And it's not, I don't even ask the clients for the Kleenex or the cough drops. Those are just things I have in my backpack at all times Mm -hmm. because I have to, because it's the, like, it's the worst thing to get on stage and your nose starts running or you start to like get a tickle in your throat and you're like, Oh, and then you like panic and then it gets worse. And and yeah, and the water thing. I don't know if it's because I'm an Arizona person, but there always, always <laughs> has to be water. Or I like, it and, it and it can be. It's the most like mental thing. It's not even like, oh, I'm thirsty. It's right. I just need to have water. Well, period. And
1: then the other part that's really funny that you it takes time for you to learn is the, the level of the size of the group and how it affects you in a physiological way. So I used to say, have water. And this is this is why I forgive all the people for the green M&Ms, right? Because you understand what they're really asking for. It sounds like you're being a diva when I say, no, I need bottled water because I used to get nervous. And when I would pick up the water, I would shake and they would give you a glass of water with ice in it. And everybody knew you were nervous because you would shake and everybody could see that I'm shaking when I picked up the glass of water. And the glass I won't of make water any sweats. reference
0: to our former president on that one. I'll no. let that one go. <laughs>
1: And the glass of ice water is, yeah, right. You're right. No, that's not why he was shaking. um Maybe he was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because you start shaking. It has ice in it. Everybody can see it. And it's wet. So if you're shaking and you have ice water, you could drop the glass, if they, because that's what mm-hmm. they have at hotel setups. So I always ask for bottled water. And I need it to be, to, and this is funny, fan, the fancier you go, When they bring you the water, they'll freaking open the water for you. And then you don't know which water was yours (laughs) because there's two waters underneath. Both of them are open. They're eh, not really sure if anybody drank out of them. Like So it's like I need Mm -hmm. mine unopened. I do not want you to open it for me. Thank you. And I need to have my own bottle of water.
0: Now, if I if I Jackie, can I just talk to that one thing I have (laughs) seen so many times when I've been on a panel where they'll have water out for the speakers, where like a water bottle will get left. For the next Always. panel, and then someone will pick it up and drink. And you're like, "Oh my gosh!" So I, yeah. y- yes, all day on that one because I'm like, Ech. "Yeah, yeah. Yucky. And that's Sorry. the
1: thing—you don't know. Some mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, I'm an expert speaker," and they don't know that. You know, when you you have to have these things and ask these questions. How about when you thought you were going to be really cute, right, and wear your best heels? And you didn't know that they had (laughs) to walk four miles ahead of time. (laughs) That you were going to have to walk four miles to do your presentation and that they had those slats, those metal slats. So every time you walk, when you talk clunk, 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 clunk. And it's like, Lord, have mercy. What are you going to do like so when you sound like a diva to say, I need to know what kind of platform that the stage is on. I'm not trying to be a diva. I just know if I should wear my kids, I saw Mm -hmm. I went to a presentation the other day and a gentleman was wearing sneakers and he was the only gentleman wearing sneakers and the reason that we knew is because he kept squeaking every time he walked, he was just squeaking. And so you knew right now, generally you wouldn't want to know. But it's like if that was something that that is important, these are the things that you understand so that because you don't want a distraction um, and what you need to know as an organizer, of these events is that I'm telling you these things, because at the end, when you get your feedback, these are the things that come up that you don't even know how to respond. Like, I couldn't focus on the presentation because she was sniffing so bad. Yes. And they'll say her presentation was horrible. Do not ask her back. They didn't even pay attention to the content. They were right. too distracted because there's you so You and I just had that happen, where we
0: were listening to something yes. and someone was sniffling the whole time and it was like, I'm sure what she's saying is great. <laughs> I couldn't watch it. I can't watch it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think those are the things like, so that's just from a, that was just to define for you that Jackie and I are divas um, and FYI neurotic. and slightly neurotic <laughs> and have issues. And I don't know what that, what is that um, there is a diagnosis for when like noises annoy you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have that thing, whatever that is. We have that okay, thing. Jackie. So Ma'am. last word, last word on this one. What is one thing, you know, if you are looking to get into the training space or the speaking space, what's one thing from this episode you just want to reiterate?
1: Uh, I think one of the things that I would reiterate before you go on a national or international stage, practice locally. Maybe you join a Toastmasters. I'm not a member. I'm not getting a kickback. They are not a sponsor. However, join a Toastmasters. Practice um, among your friends and local groups so that you can get recommendations. And then be very specific on what your expectations are from the organization and what you're willing to provide when you offer yourself in your services so that you can help remember sometimes why that, um, what do you call it, the crisis uh, imposter syndrome so that Mm -hmm. you don't get imposter syndrome and you can give yourself a friendly reminder of the value that you're offering the organization and, and remind yourself that you are worth it because of the content that you're providing. Awesome. Like 13 things. You always say one thing and I always say 13. No, I
0: know. I know. No, I think that was good. The one that I would say is I always write out whatever my little blurb is that I am, that I have for the conference or for the speaking engagement or whatever it is like. Katie's going to talk about X, Y, and Z about DEI. And then whatever those objectives are of like, what is the listener going to get from the conversation? I have that as my first slide while I'm preparing the slides, Mm -hmm. which might sound bananas. I don't know, but it's just, it's a good North star for me as I'm putting together slides, as I'm pulling together content to make sure that I'm always thinking about, what is the listener getting from this? And am I, yep. am I giving them the bang for their buck that I have promised I'm going to do? That's one thing. And then the second thing is those little things that you, and I know we were kind of joking around about them, the Kleenex, the, the cough drops, the shoes, the, all of those things, which seem like such, such like kind of silly frivolous things, they matter so much. That's right. And, and they could make or break your talk the whole and whole presentation. And honestly, yeah. And and those little things you'll start to recognize, but the the last piece is make sure you're speaking out about something that you're actually an expert or have experience with and mm-hmm. like, do not go and say, I'm going to be an expert on this thing. Unless you actually have that expertise and you've taken the time to really understand it and learn it because people will spot a non-expert very quickly. And that can absolutely derail you for future situations they will
1: call you out before you get off the stage
0: a- a- absolutely and they will ask you questions and if you can't answer them you will look a fool that is all do not look a fool that don't I think be, that be the, t- the fool
1: that should be the be, uh, yeah.
0: the title of this episode don't be a fool yeah no, uh, it, no, you gotta say kidding. boo-boo
1: the fool that's very boo-boo specific that's
0: <laughs> yeah, right but but last but not least get paid get um you know paid. figure out what your hourly rate is and and determine how much time energy And then also the other piece, and I think I've talked about this in regards to contracts, is ask them what their budget is. You'll be shocked by that number a lot of times Mm -hmm. that it's much higher than what you estimate that you're going to charge them for. So ask what their budget is before you go further. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. This is the Inclusive AF Podcast. My name is Katie Van Horn.
1: And I'm Jackie Clayton. Bye. And bye. I like it.